One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Well, good morning, church family. Happy Sunday to you wherever you're at today. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I know uh, many of you may be traveling. Maybe you're with family today, uh, joining us remotely. Uh, Maybe you're watching this a little bit later, or maybe you're gathered in house church today. Uh, But I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. It is an honor, a privilege to get to speak to you. And uh, I am still savoring the incredible Friendsgiving celebration that we had last Sunday. And it was just so good to see so many uh, people gathering together just to celebrate the goodness of God. So I hope that your heart is stirred um, with Thanksgiving today. And uh, I want to speak to you a message today uh, kind of in line with this Thanksgiving season. Uh, If you have your Bible, you can turn to Psalm 92 Psalm 92, I want to speak to you on the goodness of thanksgiving. And uh, while you're turning there, I just want to mention a couple of things. Of course, as we are in this uh, season, moving into the holiday season, well, we are now officially in the holiday season, and uh, we are so excited about the wonderful things that are coming up uh, for our church family Uh, Not only as we move into 2023, but in the month of December, we've got some great things coming up. And I just want to encourage you to join us Uh, on December 11th. We are having our family Christmas service Sunday, December 11th, 6 p.m. at the Orlando Ballet Center. We're going to gather together. It will be our One Church Park District a family Christmas service. And I want to encourage every single one of you who are a part of our church family to gather. You know, just like getting together with your natural biological family over Christmas. If somebody's not there, it's just not the same. And so we really want to encourage you, if you're a part of our church family, join us on that evening, Sunday, December 11th at 6 p.m. for our family Christmas service. We're just going to turn our hearts towards the Lord We're going to celebrate the reason for the season, Jesus, and uh, we're going to have some um, Christmas carols, some sing-along style family worship. We're going to involve the kids. I'll share a short Christmas message, just a one-hour service, but we would love for you to join us on December 11th. And then on Sunday, December 18th, we're going to get together for our Vision Builders Christmas party. That is a moment for all of us in our church family to come together and to celebrate the incredible things that God has done this past year. Uh, You know, last year we got together at the Winter Park Farmer's Market for our Vision Builders Christmas celebration. And I shared with you a vision and some of the goals that we were believing God for this year. And so we want to get together again now and celebrate the incredible progress. I'm going to be sharing with you some exciting updates. We're going to have food. It's going to be more of just a time of fellowship than presentation, but uh, we will give you some updates on our Vision Builders initiative. We're going to have some food, some games, and just enjoy being together celebrating all that God has done for us. That's going to be at Baldwin Harbor Apartments. In this, It's a beautiful uh, 
atrium, a beautiful event space there. And so that's a great opportunity if you want to dress up a little bit. You know, normally as a church family, we're always so casual, which we love. But this is a moment, if you want to dress up a little bit, you can do that. I think we're calling it cocktail attire. But feel free to come however you'd like on December 18th. And uh, we're just going to have a great time together, 6 p.m. And of course, for all of the events, you can go to the events page on our website. website. All right, Psalm 92 and uh, the goodness of thanksgiving. Here's what the psalmist says. Psalm 92, verse 1. It says this, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night on an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the work of your hands. What an incredible passage of Scripture. The psalmist opens up with this declaration of thanksgiving, declaration of praise and exaltation in the goodness of God. And it sounds like this psalm just kind of breaks out into song. He says, on an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound, for you, Lord, have made me glad. In other words, I can't keep it in. I've got to break out into song. You may not be a singer, you may not be a musician, but there's something that happens when we recognize the goodness of God. It overflows out of our mouth. You may not be a dancer, I'm not a dancer, but when the goodness of God is revealed to me, I just want to dance, I want to sing, I want to celebrate because God is so good. You know, this week I've been watching a little bit of the World Cup and it's amazing uh, the way people celebrate When a goal is scored, hands go in the air. They begin to sing and dance. It's the celebration. And if they celebrate over a little ball going into a goal, how much more should we celebrate the goodness of God? How much more should we give thanks to God? But I want to just focus in on the very first phrase of that passage. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. That phrase, it is good, was in fact the very first condition of creation. If you know the story of the book of Genesis and God creating uh, everything, the Bible says that he saw all that he had made and he saw that it was good. And he saw mankind and he said, it is very good. In other words, God's intention for creation was good. God's purpose for humanity is good. God's purpose for you and for I was that we would live in his good world, that we would enjoy his good gifts, and that with him we would experience the good life. Don't listen to what anybody else says if they tell you that God is not good. God is good. Before sin existed in the world, God's goodness existed in the world, and that is his plan and purpose for your life. But you don't have to read very far into that story before you begin to see that things go horribly awry. You see, mankind has believed the lie that we could experience the good life apart from God. We believed the lie that God was trying to keep us from good things and and that ultimately he could not be trusted. 
And so the Bible tells us that because of that, God's good plan for the world was broken and that sin entered into the world and that because of sin, all of creation is broken. You don't have to look very far in the world to recognize that that there is brokenness in the world. Sin and despair, darkness, violence, even again this week, shootings, senseless shootings, poverty, sickness, death so prevalent in the world, yet we also can't help but recognize that there are still glimpses of the goodness of God. Perhaps in a baby being born, as there's a number of babies that we are looking forward to welcoming into our church family, some that may be born naturally and some that may be adopted into the family, but what a wonderful demonstration of the goodness of God. Perhaps this week you've experienced the goodness of God as you've gathered around a table with friends and with family. You've enjoyed good food and good drinks and just enjoying the goodness of God. You see, this word, it is good, in the original language was the word tov. Tov, that was the very word that God used to describe creation. It is good. It is tov. That word tov means good merry, desirable, pleasant. And so what the psalmist is saying here is that God's original intention for mankind was good, and through thanksgiving, we are restored back to God's original intention for mankind. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. You see, we live in the intersection between the brokenness of humanity and the goodness of God. We can't help but recognize that the world is broken, but we also can't help but recognize that God is good. We are living at the intersection of those two. You see, it's been said that you can view the world or you can view life as a glass half full or a glass half empty. And that is true in all of life, but I believe that it is thanksgiving that redirects our lives away from the brokenness of this world towards the goodness of God. You see, if there was ever a person who had the opportunity to see life half empty, it was Jesus. He was the only person who did not contribute to the brokenness of humanity. He was sinless, yet he entered into this broken world, leaving the goodness of his eternal life with the Father coming into this broken world world. If there was any person that had the right to see life as half empty, to see the world as broken, it was Jesus. Yet Jesus lived at the intersection of the brokenness of humanity and the goodness of God with a spirit of thanksgiving. I love what the Bible says in Luke chapter 10 as Jesus sees the brokenness of the world. He rejoices in the goodness of God. Luke 10, 21, it says, In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. In other words, Jesus saw the brokenness of the world, yet he rejoiced in the goodness of God. And it is through thanksgiving that we redirect our lives away from the brokenness of humanity and towards the goodness of God. And ultimately, at the cross, Jesus hung at the intersection of the brokenness of this world and the goodness of God. 
And the Bible says that all of the punishment, all of the penalty that was rightfully due to us through our sin was poured out upon Jesus. And the good news of the gospel is this, that through faith in Jesus, we are restored back to relationship with God, back to the good life with God. And so we, as followers of Jesus, regardless of the condition of the world that we live in, we should be people that overflow with thanksgiving because of God's goodness to us. God's called us to be people that live a life of thanksgiving. And so I want to share with you a few things today that I believe thanksgiving does. If we will live a life of thanksgiving, I want to share with you a few things that Thanksgiving will bring into our lives. Number one is this, that Thanksgiving recognizes that every gift is from God. Thanksgiving, giving thanks, not just the holiday, but it's a lifestyle. It, it recognizes that every gift comes from God. Everything we have comes from God. That's why James says this in James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is neither variation nor shadow of turning. In other words, everything that is good in this world has come from God. Everything we have is a gift from God. The, the very breath you have in your lungs is a gift from God. The very Beating of your heart is a gift from God. Your family, your friends, your job, the, the finances that you have, the home that you live in, the car that you drive, the clothes on your back, everything you have is a, good, is a gift from God. And we can fall into the trap of our own self-dependence and self-promotion that pats ourselves on the back and says, look what I've done, look what I've accomplished. I earned that money. I worked hard for it. That's my house. I bought that house. Well, let me ask you this. Who gave you the energy to work? Who caused your heart to beat and gave you life so that you could go to work, so that you could think creatively and, and create a business or create uh, a, a job and an education? It is God. Everything you have has come from God. And the danger is this, that what we do not turn back into thanksgiving and praise to God will turn into pride. And it is the, the, the default orientation of the human heart, myself included. Look what I've done. That is mine. The good news of the gospel is that everything we have is a gift from God and He is kind to the good and the evil. He is good to every single one of us. God has been good. Everything you have is a gift from God. The danger is that we can drift into spiritual amnesia. We can forget how good God has been to us. We can begin to take things for granted. Perhaps the car you drive, maybe it's not your dream car. But do you have an attitude of gratitude? Do you have a spirit of thanksgiving? When was the last time you broke out into song and praise and thanks to God over the good gifts that he has given to you? Here's a little exercise that you can do just to restore that attitude of gratitude. Think of 
some of the good things in your life. Think of some of the blessings that you've been given. Perhaps it's your health. Perhaps it's your family. Perhaps it's friends. Perhaps it's your job. Perhaps it's your car. Perhaps it's any good thing that you have in life. I want you to think of some of those things right now. Think of those things. Draw them to mind. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to pretend they go away. They're gone. The car that you have breaks down. The house that you have, you lose it. The job that you have is gone. The family, gone. Think about it. What would life be like? Think of the loss. Think of the pain. I know it's kind of a a difficult exercise, but if you think, what would life be like without those things? Now think of them coming back. The car that you had just taken for granted and just a moment ago was lost. Now you've got it back. Somebody's given you that car. The house that you lost now has come back to you. Somebody's given it to you. The family that was gone, now they've been restored. That spirit of thanksgiving begins to rise back up. That's what thanksgiving does in our lives. It helps us to recognize that everything we have is a gift from God. Therefore, every single person has a reason to be grateful because everything we have has been given to us. It's all a gift from God. And so thanksgiving recognizes that every gift is from God. Number two, thanksgiving refocuses our attention on God. You see, the ultimate good thing that we have been given is not some temporal, earthly, material thing, a house, a car, a, you know, clothes, a job. Those things are all good, but ultimately the source of all goodness is God himself. And when we overflow with thanksgiving, when we give him thanks, we are refocusing our attention on God. It's what the psalmist says in Psalm 34, verse 3. He says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Oh, magnify. Oh, oh, make him big. You see, God is already big, but sometimes in our minds, he becomes really small. Tiny, tiny God. (laughs) But through thanksgiving, we magnify him. We begin to see him as he really is. It's kind of like looking through a telescope and looking at a planet in the distance. It, it, it's, you're not actually making it bigger, you're just magnifying it to see the bigness that it actually has. And when we give thanks to God, when we give praise to God, we magnify Him. We see Him as bigger than everything else in life. It doesn't mean that we don't have problems. It doesn't mean that we don't have pain. It doesn't mean that we don't live in the brokenness of this world. But it does mean that we are choosing to focus in on the goodness of God. You see, what you focus on determines what you see. What you focus on determines what you see. Do you remember those magic eye books when you were a kid, or at least when I was a kid? Those were those books that you would look at and you'd open it up and it would look like some sort of you know, psychedelic picture that you couldn't really make anything out. But there was a point that if you would focus on that point, if you would look long enough on that point, there would suddenly be a picture that would begin to emerge. Why? Because what you focus on determines what you see. 
and we can make the decision to focus on the goodness of God. Yes, we live in the the messy brokenness of humanity. Yes, we live in the reality of this world, just as Jesus did. But when we choose to give thanks to the Lord, we are choosing to focus on the goodness of God. Like the psalmist says, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you will see the goodness of God? Because He is so good. It's through thanksgiving that we refocus on Him, that we begin to see all of life in light of the goodness of God. And so thanksgiving recognizes that every gift comes from God. Thanksgiving refocuses our attention on God. And lastly, number three, I want you to see that thanksgiving releases God's power into your life. It's not just that it changes your perspective. Yes, it does that. And if God gave you nothing else, He's given you enough. He's given me enough. He's given us enough that we could for eternity give thanks to Him. But actually, through thanksgiving, we are releasing God's power into our lives. It positions us into the place where God's miraculous power, God's goodness becomes manifest in our lives in a greater way. I love the story of Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. They were in prison. And I don't know about you, but if I was imprisoned falsely, uh, without just cause, if I was in prison under those circumstances, I would not be giving thanks. I would be complaining. I may be saying, you know, God, why have you forsaken me? I may be looking at all of the problems in life. That would be my natural temptation. And perhaps that was for the Apostle Paul and for Silas, but they recognized the power of giving thanks. And the Bible tells us in Acts 16, verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were in prison. And rather than looking around saying, why am I in prison? God, I've served you and this is what I get. The Bible says they were just giving thanks. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. They were singing a song of thanksgiving. I don't know what song it was. I know there's some that come to my mind that I would want to sing in those moments. But those were the songs that were coming out of their heart. They were praying and singing hymns of thanksgiving to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Other people will listen to you, whether you're complaining or giving thanks. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. In other words, God's power was released into their situation through their thanksgiving, through their praise to God. You see, thanksgiving doesn't just recognize that everything we have is a gift from God, and it doesn't just refocus on the goodness of God, it actually releases the goodness of God into our situation. I wonder what situation are you facing that needs an outbreaking of the goodness of God? I wonder what problem you're facing today that needs, just like that Philippian jail, needed an outpouring, a manifestation, a breakthrough of the goodness of God. What are you facing today that needs a breakout of God's 
goodness. Maybe it's emotionally. Maybe you're overwhelmed with sadness. I know especially in the holiday season, it can be so easy to feel perhaps loss. And, and I believe God is with us in those moments. But let's never allow the pain of loss to take us away from the blessing of God's goodness. Perhaps it's financially. Maybe you don't have what you'd like to have. But can you give thanks for what you do have? Maybe it's family and you've got challenges in your family or relationships. What would happen if in spite of the challenges, in the middle of the challenges, you began to do what Paul and Silas did? They began to thank God. What would happen? I believe it would release the goodness of God into your life in a greater way. We live at the intersection between the brokenness of humanity and the goodness of God. And thanksgiving is the turning point that redirects our lives into the goodness of God. The life that God intends for us is a good life. Can I pray for you today? Father, I thank you for every single person watching this today. Lord, those listening online and those tuning in at a later date, Father, we thank you for your goodness. God, you are good and what you do is good. Lord, thank you for the evidence of your goodness in our lives. Thank you, Father, for family, for friends, Father. Thank you for material possessions and blessing and provision, Father. Thank you, Lord. We have food on the table. We have a roof over our heads, clothes on our back, God. You have been so good to us. But Lord, we want to refocus today and say, Lord, more than anything, you are good. And Father, I pray that we would be like the psalmist in Psalm 92, that we would say it is good to give thanks to the Lord. And Father, as we come into this holiday season, Lord, more than any material possession, Father, I pray that the orientation of our hearts would be set on the goodness of God. Lord, let us overflow with thanksgiving as the psalmist did here in song in dance, and music, Lord, because you have been so good to us. We give you thanks. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the life of our church. I thank you for the good plans and purpose you have in store for us, even, even as we look ahead to 2023. It is so good, and we give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, church, thank you so much for joining me today. If you're in house church today, I'd encourage you just to share some of the things that you are grateful for. Let's celebrate the goodness of God. And I can't wait to see you at December 11th, 6 p.m. Orlando Ballet Center for our family Christmas service. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait.